0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck nuts? What the fuck sticks? What the fuckaholics? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. <laughs> I have to declare this. Like I am Mark Marin. I am Mark. I'm an alcoholic. I am Mark. This is my podcast. Podcaster. I almost as bad as alcoholism. The compulsive uh, uh, drive and need to podcast. Seems like everyone's doing it. It hasn't manifested as a problem. It's not really. Maybe your life's unmanageable because of your podcast. I don't know. Maybe it's not working out the way you want to, but. But, you know, if it makes you feel better to talk into a mic and put it out into the world, then that seems fine to me. I'll, I'll sign off on that like it fucking matters. First off, uh, St. Louis, maybe there's a few more tickets left for tonight. I believe first show Friday is sold out and two shows Saturday are sold out. Late show Friday could use a little help, as they say in the game, in the racket, could use a little help. Late show Friday. Come on, man. Come on. But all the other ones are looking good. It's fine. I, I I didn't have huge expectations for St. Louis. I know you people out there in St. Louis who enjoy me. But uh, I I we're good. Everything's good. I'm just telling you, I'll be at Helium. So do whatever you need to do. Go to WTFPod.com slash tour and you can get a link to tickets for Helium. Those couple of shows. Maybe tonight. Uh, definitely second show Friday. Other things. First, sort of trust. Now, that movie is going to open in July, and if you want to find out, that's the movie I did with Lynn Shelton, Toby Huss, John Bass, Michaela Watkins, and Jillian Bell. If you want information about that movie, which opens in July, you can go to swordoftrust.com slash tickets and do a little search if it's going to be near you and get your tickets uh, in advance. The other thing I wanted to tell you about is that Sword of Trust will be screening at sort of a special event here in Los Angeles, it's a uh, it's like a retrospective of Lynn Shelton's work. It's called uh, Going Way Back with Lynn Shelton. It's Saturday, June 29th, Sunday, June 30th at the American Cinematheque here in, uh, in Los Angeles. I'll try to make those shows. I, I do get back on the 29th from, uh, from my journeys, but uh, that's going to be happening. So you can see any number of her movies and Sword of Trust and her and maybe me. Okay. So that, I think, is the housekeeping I needed to do. Jamie Denbo is on the show today. Jamie Denbo, very funny. And uh, Jamie has uh, got a new series on that she created, American Princess. It's, uh, it's airing on, on Lifetime. And new episodes are at Sunday nights at uh, 10, 9 Central. She's the producer and creator. And it's a new role for her. And we're going to talk about that stuff and comedy and life and Jewish things a little bit. Got an email from a guy that just gets annoyed, annoyed as fuck when I talk about Jew stuff. And then, uh, you know, when I engaged and uh, and and suggested he might be anti-Semitic, he, uh, he called me a fucking pretentious asshole. <laughs> I guess he didn't call me a fucking Jew, right? People, you know, what are they all mad about? I know why I'm mad. Like the last time I talked to you, uh, there was some stuff going on with the refrigerator. So I dealt with that, man. So that was good resolution because now I can lose the resentment I have against the uh, the two Ukrainian guys who fixed the thing and the company that sent them. Uh, after they replaced everything, they replaced a valve and an ice machine and said it's the plumbing. And of course, my first thought was, you guys are fucking me. Come on, man. How long is this going to go on for? And they were good. They were decent. They were honest. And it was the plumbing. I'll let you know if I get ice, but uh, scratch that resentment off the list of things in my heart to do. But I still woke up with this pressing anxiety, man. And I don't know. I get it when I travel. You know, I, I worry, man. I worry if things going to be okay. Is uh, Frank going to take care of anything, everything? Of course he is. Frank's my dude. He's uh, he works for me sometimes, and he takes care of the house, takes care of the cats. And uh, I worry about the cats. I worry about the the house. I worry about the things that don't exist. See, that's the projecting thing. But then it got deeper than like, you know, I'm like, I worried about like, you know, am I ever going to be capable of intimacy? Am I uh, always going to be emotionally hobbled? And then, uh, you know, because of all that stress, I don't know where it manifests in you. But to me, it literally squeezes my lungs. And this has always been the case. So now I can't breathe. I'm getting weird, uh, you know, pains. And I'm like, all right, so that's it. I'm sick. I got cancer and I'm going down. So all the reasonable anxieties I have, and I could just talk about them instead of doing that. Why not just focus on my impending death? And then why not just think like, well, that would be relaxing. That's a Buddhist trip, man. You know what I mean? It really is, but I got to be accepting of it, but I just can't compartmentalize. So I was a fucking mess this morning. It took me three hours to breathe properly. I'm okay. Now I'm out of the woods. I got to get my shit together because I'm traveling and uh, that's my life. But then I think, like, does it need to be my life? can I just pull out? Isn't it time to eject? Not out of life, but maybe just parachute into a, a small house somewhere in the woods. Yeah, but we know how that goes. I've talked about that. Tell me about day three, Mark. Tell me about day three in the woods. A loom of panic. I am a. I have a machine in my brain just weaving beautiful tapestries of fear and dread. The Loom of Panic. Is that a poem? Is it a movie? Is it a band? I don't fucking know. Loom of Panic. Man, my brain has just been on fire. This EMDR stuff is really kind of... I think it's working. This therapy. I told you guys I'm doing it. And even, even the hokey part of it where you hold these sensors and they alternate... But you start at this place where you you find a sort of core center of the emotional disturbance and you 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 build you you find an event and then you you talk about that and then you hold that in your mind, the feelings and you do the buzzers and then you and then it's like, where do you what do you feel now? Where are you now? And you say where you are now and where that took you. And through five or six of these, it's kind of this stream of consciousness trip all attached to the original, sort of feeling of emotional disturbance or trauma and I don't know what it's doing but it's 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 shaking something loose somehow or another it's like you know when um like a monster comes out of the swamp like alien the monster coming out of that guy's stomach that's sort of what's happening with my emotions but they're nicer they it's a nicer experience but they're kind of trying to break through this weird cynical uh, kind of elaborate uh, defense structure that I've com- you know created in order to exist and do comedy, and it's it, but it's now it's like a pretty decent shield to manage and repress emotions. But now this younger heart, this younger self. It's just like because of the EMDR. It's just like pounding through, and now all of a sudden there's crying happening occasionally, and and uh, a, a, a little bit of sadness, uh, trying to communicate the thing. The it's trying to talk. It's trying to talk through the grown up face. Anyway, does that explain it? Does it? Is that is, is that of any help? Does that make any sense? I don't know. So look few emails i i wanted to just blast through if i could a few maybe i I don't know if i get to all these okay one subject line sort of been missed hearing your new movie title mark hi mark i just realized the other day that your new film is called sword of trust not sort of trust if i've been misunderstanding i think others have been too keep on keeping on will well i don't know maybe not but okay yeah it's sword of trust not sort of trust good here we go uh question subject line hi mark i love that you assume that actors hang out with their castmates off set it's adorable but what i would like to know is do you spend time with the ladies of glow jen in montclair new jersey not too much not too much when we do things do events and stuff but no i don't i don't call them occasionally i'll text with uh, betty or allison but uh but not no not often does that make me a bad person subject line thanks for being that guy hey Mark I just wanted to say thank you for being one of those guys you always go on about those important guys you cross paths with in your life that blow your mind and point you in another direction or invite your brain to wander to places you hadn't considered I came for the comedy but thanks for Terry Reid Annie Baker Isbel, Bragg Tedesco and 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 dot 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 I've been listening since the New York Times article and got a tempting normal but I'm still waiting for Marin to show up on German TV my just have to give up and sign up to Netflix, though. Many thanks. Yasser, you got it, pal. You know, there's been a lot of emails about the Perry Farrell interview, a lot of like really positive ones, a lot of people that just enjoyed the ride, and then some people that just couldn't take it, that couldn't stand it, that were angry about it. But it's just interesting what people get out of emails, like in this one, it just a subject line Perry Farrell interview. I'm going to just jump to the, the meat here. Uh, I just wanted to say how much I loved your interview with Perry Farrell. I discovered Jane's addiction when I was 15, and in the middle of about a decade of pretty horrible trauma, it was a chaotic and violent time in my my life. The most difficult thing to understand then and now is how many adults around me refused to get involved, despite me actually working up the courage once or twice to ask for help. Music was one of my escapes, and when I discovered Jane's addiction, something inside me clicked. I didn't understand a lot of the lyrics specifically, and still don't actually, but I knew Rage when I heard it, and at the time, it felt like. that music was made just for me and maybe it was a suburban teenage girl who was suffering in plain sight and raging at the world it really got me through some shitty times and made me feel less alone these days I've grown up and live a stable happy life with my kids and wife in the Bay Area people are always surprised to hear my story because I seem pretty normal and I don't tell many people it took a lot of work to reframe my views of the world and now I'm living a life frankly I did not think was possible for a long time so I took some pleasure hearing Perry farrell talk about his struggles with his teenage son who just wants to study and skip the vacations it's funny to hear a rock star struggle with the same day-to-day challenges so many of us face and getting to hear you and farrell sing together was a special treat that interview really brought a lot of parts of my life together that don't often get to meet so thanks and thanks for all you do julie see you you don't know how it's going to affect people that's lovely it's lovely thank you for all those emails always All right, so Jamie Denbo, who I like and I was happy to talk to, she's on top of it. She's lit up. She's got a new comedy series she created, American Princesses, airing on Lifetime. New episode Sunday nights at 10, 9 central. So uh, this is me talking to Jamie Denbo. here's what i remember about you like i like i remember i can't remember if it's all the way back to new york but i remember you were like kind of like manic and a little nutty
1: well the character no oh as a person
0: as a person i like when i first met you when you were younger i was like that's like that's pretty wild in there
1: oh sure yeah, no no no. It like w-
0: like it was like I th- I I, yeah. I remember literally thinking like is she manic? What's happening?
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Really? Um, is that does that add up or am I making Oh no, a-
1: it completely adds up. Like I-
0: you were just like bouncing off the walls kind of Oh, person. I was
1: Yeah, of course, because it was a resistance to like oh, you're not going to like me fine. I'm like, I will do everything to make you not like me. <laughs> yeah, it was annoying. I mean, I, it was and it was also I think it goes back to oh, being a kind of an unapologetic Yeah. Uh, musical theater, nerd, Renaissance festival, nerdish kind of thing, but caught in the world of alternative comedy where I could do it very well on stage, but backstage, people. You know, does any of that make sense? That's a lot to Yeah, throw no, you, but, I, I but think I, that,
0: no. You're talking about you know, you go from these secure, defined, creative worlds, or right? Context, which are which are
1: earnest and yes, and so. have an earnestness to and, them.
0: And 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 improv comedy is just a competitive clusterfuck of people trying to get the out, last laugh and
1: outcool each other. Yeah, and it yeah. was And when I was doing it, it was all it was it was dudes in indie rock, and that's what they were about. In fact, you know what? what? Julie Klausner, her analogy about being a woman in improv back sort of in the 90s and the aughts was mm-hmm. Miss Piggy right you're Miss Piggy it's so brilliant it's like you are an unapologetically lo- like I'm just crazy and emotional and crying all the time and, and Kermit who you dying to like pay attention to you is embarrassed yeah. of you and all of his friends are like you fucking control your pig dude. Yeah, please she's a lot She's a lot, and she's always with the so feminine and screaming. It's so
0: funny, just a bunch of Kermit's. It's, that I'm is,
1: telling you, that's what it was like. And it's I, sort of the
0: difference too between you know improv dudes and comedy dudes is a bunch of Kermit's and a bunch of Oscars.
1: A hundred percent. And and we and and by the way, inside, I felt like I could relate so easily, but then I would open my mouth and be that manic pig. Yeah. And that's what you fucking encountered.
0: I don't know. I just felt like you know. I I felt like uh, I I can't put a time frame on it. When do you remember first meeting me?
1: Well, I I knew you in New York, um, but you didn't know me. I, I was hanging around the lar- uh, Luna, the eating it's Oh, scene. oh, you were okay, mm-hmm. right? And I did it a couple of times, but even my approach to that mm. was. What characters. were you like? Twelve? Yeah, that's so. Yeah, I was twelve. Um, no, I was in my uh, mid mid twenties. Really? Mm-hmm. And I, can... I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I was caught between. Improv and stand up. I had a very short stand, short-lived stand up. Horrible. Maybe
0: that, maybe that's sort of what I remember. I just rem- like it, for me because I was still uh, at Luna, like I was still kind of drunky and druggy. Oh
1: yeah, you were terrifying. I mean, okay, your yeah. your energy was. I mean, I, but that's what I love about your evolution. But it was
0: always sweaty in there, and there's always a lot of people. Oh and sure, you're kinda, it's I, Janine I
1: was a, and Patrice O'Neill. I was, I was always
0: angry about something. You were like,
1: and, I picture you at the bar. Yeah. Furious,
0: furious, yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, and then oh yeah, and I and I knew, you know. I remember going there on September twelfth, two thousand one, or September thirteenth, and Mm. seeing like all of those, like seeing David Cross and Patrice O'Neill talking about the eleventh. Really, it was amazing. It was within a week. I want to say it was within a week. And I remember Patrice O'Neill doing his bit about like, yeah, you let my jacket got down to the, one of the I didn't do it sales downtown. <laughs> and um, I remember David Cross, I'll never forget it. He got up and he was like, well, we have 2,000 new angels uh, okay. up in heaven. It wow. was unbelievable. Yeah.
0: That was like, and everybody was so, it was so such a tweaky time. Everyone was so PTSD. and then, and then a lot fucked up. of, and then
1: I moved to LA less than a year later.
0: So, I mean, I think we did too because Mishnah was done. Yeah, and I, Mishna, and I knew
1: Mishnah. And I remember just sort of crossing paths with her and thinking she was beautiful.
0: She was beautiful. What, in New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't, like, so I know a little bit about, and I've always thought you were funny, and every time I see you, I think you're funny. Miss I, I, huh? Miss Piggy. Continue. No, no, no. Like, even on, uh, like, stuff, like, I know, I, 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 so you're one of those people that shows up in everything. I
1: do, one, I've done one episode of everything yeah. good, good and bad.
0: But, but uh, the last time I saw you was in uh, Andrea's show, and it was hilarious.
1: Oh, my God. Savage. So good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. One episode of everything good. I can tell a lot about people's viewing habits, by I I saw you in blank, blank. Oh, you're terrible. Taste. <laughs> you have terrible of taste. But
0: yeah. you, you keep, you keep fighting it out.
1: Yeah, you know, that's I'm, me and my husband. We're Hollywood's middle class.
0: That guy, well, yeah, Ross Bowie, is he? Or John is it, Ross Bowie. Yeah. Yep. I know that guy too. I remember him, and I seem to scare him.
1: Oh yeah, you know you. you, you <laughs> first of all, John, we're scared people. You're, but you're, I don't
0: think you really are.
1: I'm. He's more scared than me.
0: I, I would but, say so. <laughs> I, I, he's scared of. Like, you're not going You're not gonna be diplomatic and pretend that you're like just not a a, a ballbuster. A ball-busting, you know, Jewish uh, lady.
1: Well, that was interesting because when, when we came here before <laughs> years ago and Jessica and you did, very graciously did the Rana and Beverly podcast, I, I mean, all I walked away thinking you hate your mother was what I thought.
0: No, I don't hate her. She's just a, a little selfish.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I really felt like our whole act, there was a period of time and this was it's also- a,
0: It's so love-hate though. Of course I it mean, is. I, I mean, I don't- Oh, no, don't, no, no,
1: no, no. I, it, all in- Great comment. My first
0: wife was Jewish.
1: I know I know <laughs> how all of this Look, I don't want to I'm a, as a Jewish woman. I don't want to be with you either. Okay? Yeah, why is it? But, is your
0: husband Jewish? No, he's not. Yeah, what is that about? It's
1: the same bullshit you have.
0: Really? You don't like Jews?
1: I don't like Jewish men.
0: Really? Yeah. How if, how many Because you- you're just
1: as fucked up as I am. Um, oh I, yeah,
0: so stable's good for you? You l- like a little bit better. Is it?
1: Yeah, it's actually a little bit nicer.
0: As you get older.
1: <laughs> he, he's wasp waspy, which is a whole other set of but I can't, wait He a thinks minute. I'm yelling all the time. You are like, yelling I'm, all the time. I'm just talking. No, I don't know if you are. Oh, boy, I am. <laughs> See, but that's the thing about Rana and Beverly is I knew how much it both uh, repelled you and delighted you. Yeah,
0: I know. I I, I, I mean, because we
1: had you back in like 2005 when the theater had when UCB just opened and we were yeah. trying to curate like Jewish comedy, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. Um, it was our hook at the time. Yeah. And so you did our show a few times. Right. And we would just argue with you on stage and it was so delightful. <laughs> and uh and you
0: could feel the contempt
1: oh yeah i could feel you just going like why did i come here i did a
0: horrible joke about it and i and it's still one of my favorite jokes but uh (laughs) but i love it i my first i made a mistake my well i married a jewish woman and and that's that's a mistake as a jew because that means every sex -sex no 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 it means uh, the joke was everything you hated about going home is now in your house
1: i remember that joke terrible yeah it's amazing it's so well harsh. but it's so true I, yeah i just I, I listen i identify with the psychological but, i know warfare. but like
0: but right but like you know we like we hang a lot on that jewish thing like you know it's a, like even just beginning with the guilt or the sadness that it's fundamentally jewish and i try to argue out of that i understand yeah you know, i try to think of it as like you know maybe we have a legacy to that because of what jews had to go through but i think you know plenty of non-jews how old were you when
1: you, when you saw shoah for the first time
0: Oh, God, I don't even know if I saw the whole thing. Okay,
1: well, how I
0: mean, I mean, when did I see the films we saw at the synagogue? Correct. When they're, when they're plowing bodies the, the in barracks, the pits? The barracks, yes. the
1: pits. How, sure. Do you remember not knowing about that?
0: Third grade, probably. Okay, that's
1: too fucking young. <laughs> and that's very Jewish. Okay, that's where a lot of it comes from.
0: We're too young to see the pile of hair. Yeah, too
1: young to see the pile of hair. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to show my kids a pile of hair. They're nine and eleven, still too young for the hair pile. (laughs) Yeah, we. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm saying. I saw showing the suitcase, the shoes, (laughs) the stripes, all bad. Yeah, bad. And I don't remember not seeing those very clearly in my head, and that's Jewish and a problem.
0: Well, I mean, but that was in indoctrination for a reason. I mean, the the and the, all, the, the tag the tagline is never forget.
1: Correct. So
0: you got to start no, the remember But you memory. forget
1: the after the never forget part. The never it's not just never forget. It's never forget or it will happen again and it will be because you forgot. Right. That's
0: That's the whole thing?
1: Quite, no, that's what I'm saying it is. Oh. That's the burden that <laughs> right. I feel that I've been brought up with.
0: Right. It, it, it's it's That'll turning fuck out to up. turning out to be pretty reasonable.
1: <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah you're right you're not wrong yeah it's pretty uh, bad mean,
0: right now know, I mean, yeah it's my fault we, the, well no the, well i i wouldn't go immediately there with it but uh, but there is the sort of realization there as, was you, a time you, as you get older right <laughs> as you get older where you're like uh, there aren't that many of us
1: no, it is. <laughs> we're just a very loud vocal minority.
0: Yeah, and you know yeah. we've done all right for ourselves because no one ever would let us do anything.
1: I agree. We're, we had to
0: figure out how to you know, work the angles.
1: Yeah, I, I listen. I think it's all completely interconnected, but I can't ignore it. You know, it's definitely. What are you touching?
0: Nothing. I just uh, threw a little. Uh, I took a lozenge in my mouth. Oh, a lozenge. Yeah. Yeah. What well, you well, don't you do gum or nothing? No. Oh, so but you're pretty Jewish.
1: I I think people think that because my. Comedy has been very there's culture, a lot of Jewish, but wait, how'd
0: you grow up? do wait no, that's what we need to do because i I know that you're I think you're a Boston Jew, right? I'm a Boston Jew. well, you know, that's sort of fascinating to me.
1: it's well, yeah, it's a tight-knit community, and New England plus Jew is a very strange combination. it is'
0: cause like i like it was one of those educational things. For me, because like I was always in cultured with the New York Jews, yeah, yeah, the yeah, New yeah. Jersey Jews,
1: and we thought we were, but we're really not.
0: It's yeah, it's an odder bunch because I worked at a fucking serious Jewish deli when I was in college in in, oh, in West, West- Rosberry. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> Gordon's <laughs> Deli,
1: and I'm sure they were all like Jessica's character Rana, who would come in and be like, "Okay." There his- was a lot of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: But there was also like strange. It was the first time that I really put together that there was a. And I don't know why it hadn't before. Like, there's working class Jews, yes. old working yes. class Jews. And in Boston, there were several, like the, the a number of rye breads available.
1: Oh, yeah. It don't... wasn't
0: just light or dark. <laughs> you had Sissel. You had Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. You had dark yes. and light.
1: yeah. Well, they were a seedless, roll. seedless, non-seedless, bulky roll, you get a bulky roll. The
0: seeds were seed, uh, The seeds with sisal bread. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, I, but, yeah, I didn't know any of that, but I loved it.
1: Yeah. The no heel,
0: it's, it's where I learned about the heel well, of well, the bread. Well, what was interesting
1: is my parents, oh yeah, the heel. Oh, that's delicious, with a <laughs> big slab of butter. Yeah, right, the oh. heel.
0: You got to cut the end off and chop it into like- Delicious. The, uh-huh. Yeah, but I didn't have that.
1: They, um and I worked in a bakery too, actually. Newman's where? Ba- Newman's Bakery in Swampscott, Massachusetts. See, Swampscott,
0: Swampscott. Yeah. Sw- Where, Swamp Scott Yeah I mean you don't have the thing
1: Because my mom was from Montreal and My dad was from South Jersey And so Another
0: weird Jew oh, weird. Montreal Jews
1: T- Completely bizarre
0: There's a lot of them
1: There's a lot of them And again very tight knit Howie the Mandel community. Yes. Michael so Rotenberg
0: <laughs> Montreal Super Jews
1: Great But yeah my mom So my mom sounded completely yeah. bizarre My mom used to close the lights And I'm sorry yeah. And then my dad We're going down the shore And then everyone around down the me shore would say, well, it's hot out. We're wearing shots. Hot out. And I'd be like, it's what shuts. the fuck are you talking about? And then I would listen to the news or I'd watch Good Morning America. And yeah. I was like, Joan London sounds like, I can understand her. Right. You know, and my, I remember my, uh, we used to do a party for my high school. We used to do it for the, well, it's Boston. Can I say a bad word? Yeah, of course. Okay, for the retarded kids. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I know. But it was Boston. It was at a certain and time. And that was at the time. And they would say, you know, it was the Hogan School. And I remember our, teacher yeah. would just be like the Hogan school should be having a party for you and that was his big <laughs> thing so but I just remember thinking these people sound crazy I just
0: interviewed Steve Sweeney a couple of weeks ago oh fabulous oh my god Boston Pride uh, yeah
1: and so I grew up thinking uh, just hearing but they were religious my parents were fairly religious they had grown up each of them fairly orthodox and by the time I was around they were more conservative where
0: swamps got exactly north
1: shore next to Salem which is Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean I did a lot of comedy around that area. Of course you did. What yeah. Nick's
1: Comedy Stop and over at the Sog- at the did, Route One on Sogas. I did that. Yeah, Nick's Kowloon. at the
0: Kowloon. Yeah. yeah. But I mean I did a lot of the one nighters in the little towns. Oh sure. You know and uh, yeah sure all the Nicks. Yeah. But there were all these one nighters and I, I'm sure I, I was at some bar in Swampscott. I don't just know. We did. It was, it. It's
1: pretty sleepy and I don't think we I know. But
0: it. I went to like Amesbury. I mean they, you know You're, all it took was one bar to call up the the contractor and say we want to do a comedy night and you would be going.
1: I just wanted to leave,
0: but okay. So you got siblings? None. Your only child, only Jew child. Correct. And they were Orthodox. They didn't do their bit. They
1: were they were conservative.
0: By the time you were yeah, awake, they
1: were conservative.
0: Seeing the movies
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> at synagogue. Yeah, but watching, you did, watching <laughs> barracks.
0: Yeah, but you did the the bat mitzvah and everything, right? I did the bat mitzvah. But conservative, yeah, I was conservative. But yeah.
1: I just didn't. I didn't feel. That I was. I mean, it's funny because you talk about the tight knit Boston Jews, and they they were. I wasn't one of them. I
0: didn't feel like it was tight knit. I just thought it was different. Well, like, yeah, I'm, like because like you 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 really get the idea that for yeah. for most of us, like American Jewry, lawyer,
1: doctor, well,
0: well, it was just New York or New Jersey, and yes. then it, it went out from there. Right, you can track it back. To Eastern Europe, and yours, obviously, Eastern Europe. Oh, yeah. No I, I did my
1: DNA. It's like there's a fiddler in the middle, and it's I looked I at just, the thing, and it was it's like, crazy. you're from Manitavka. Great.
0: I, I, I just was on uh, Finding Your Roots. And? They went way back, man. How far? He was surprised. He was very excited, because they were able to go back, like, five generations.
1: W- okay. So, like, what would that be? Like, 18... 18- it's yeah. early 1800s. Yeah,
0: they do that thing on that show where they, if they have another guest that you have similar DNA to, that and? you're probably related to. Who was it? Barbara Walters. <laughs>
1: Is that that sucks. Son- so see, Beverly would tell you, is that wonderful? It is. Oh, my God. Mark. Two interviewers? Mark, two interviewers together. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. I would have guessed Barbara Walters. Good for you. Oh, my God. So you're her son? So was that? And the, then, uh, then that would right, be the story. Right. There,
0: was that your mother's friend that you're doing? All
1: of their, her friends. Her friends, her, my grandmother.
0: But, like, is Swamps got close enough to what? Where'd they go shopping? They go to, oh they, the
1: Bur, either the Burlington Mall or they went to the D- Liberty Tree in Danvers oh Danvers, or the North Shore Shopping Center
0: North Shore or
1: there's a really great Marshall's right in the middle of Swans, but not
0: Route Nine not Newton that's no Carr. that's
1: Fancy Joe's up there okay. <laughs> we were more like working class like what what'd you're saying what would your dad do my dad was an accountant and still is yeah he still works yeah mm-hmm. and your mom my mom is retired from multiple ideas real estate agent no sales she did like s- corporate travel sales agent. for a while she didn't know and she never did travel agent I heard your Kudrow interview she didn't do travel <laughs> agent although she did Tati SL for a while and now she uh, you know she she. no let me activist. ask you this
0: about the, uh, because I didn't really talk about it with Kudro. like some of my oldest friends are the Jews like like the yeah. guys, that, like there's a couple of guys I knew in Hebrew school that I'm still in touch with. My
1: about. best girlfriends are coming to the screening for my show next week. My five best girlfriends. From the like people, second grade? Liza Eschelbacher, Isla Sidman, Julie Friedson, Ann Vinnick, and Jessica Levin.
0: Wow, that is some Jewish names, yep. man. And
1: we're still tight. I mean, look, technology might have something to do with that, but right. I also feel like they were my family because I didn't have siblings. Right. So I was very attached to them. I don't know if they were as attached to me. That's the thing about being an only child because they all had big families. Right. I was very disjointed. Maybe, this,
0: maybe you should ask them when they all get here I'm when good. you're all out. Well, I definitely have I been have, living a lie.
1: Well, I've definitely been. Asking, no, is this for real? Or are you just here because you want to go to L.A.? Like, what, why are you? But no, I definitely was attached to their families in ways that was where it was unhealthy. I
0: just found that the kids that I knew, like, because you change schools, but you don't change religion. No, you don't. So you, know, so they you were wind always up sort of back around. To That's right. You know, I didn't get confirmed, but there's one guy that I still am in touch with from Hebrew School, oh, From sure. second grade. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, there. I went to Jew camp with all of them, and some of them at uh, kindergarten. I listened. Jew camp. I yeah, I went to Jew camp I a loved, couple years. For me, that was a safe haven. I so, love
0: that. okay. Well, then, where does it start? So you're you're stuck up there, but you have friends, and there's other Jews. And yeah. when do you start becoming geared towards performing?
1: Uh, loneliness th- throughout a, a confusing. It like, was. I was very lonely. Because only you're kid. only child. I think because I was an only child, but also not just because I was an only child. I was an only child in a place where nobody was an only child. There was like one kid who was an only child. So your mom weirdo? was weirdo, a little kind
0: bit. of like, but not, but not weirdo we're, physically, but just sort of like you don't have any. Well, brothers, I might
1: have been the sisters. only person taking the Godspell vinyl out of the Swampscott Public Library, where oh. like you know most but, kids were like, "What about the Sox game?" And but I was that's like, not
0: only child stuff. That's just no, kinda. that's but
1: it's it's a combination of the two. I yeah. mean, I think you know I read the. I loved that Robin Williams biography that came out a couple oh, of years ago. Oh, it was good, ago. yeah. Yeah. Hiscoff's book. Yes, Robin? Yes. Yeah. And it broke oh, yeah. my right. heart just because I could relate to that l- big house only child thing. He that, had
0: he had he had like uh army man figures till he died.
1: Yes. And I I had, saw the
0: collection in his house.
1: Oh my god.
0: Like he had a room for them, man.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I took it as far as that kind of yeah. level of <laughs> brilliance or mental illness, but uh, i definitely spoke for a lot of the things inanimate objects in my house um and it was uh it it led me here i mean you know it's there's something to be said for the fact that all the women i just mentioned my yentepec mm-hmm. you know all are very close to their parents both geographically and and sentimentally and they
0: got kids and their yeah, grandmas down the street yeah a lot then- of them yeah they're, yeah. ca- they're continuing the tradition. Correct. Sunday, you get locks. And th- Do they get locks? A lot.
1: They love locks. In fact, we're mm-hmm. planning on going to Friedman's when they get here so they can have West Coast locks.
0: Uh huh. Friedman's, what's that?
1: Oh, it's that great Jewish, uh, reinvented Jewish deli place over in uh, Silver Lake. Oh, or really? Echo Park. Yeah, it's called Friedman's. It's delicious. I've never been there. Oh, they have a deconstructed pastrami. <laughs> oh, is.
0: deconstructed pastrami. It See, just I'm, means I'm, that I'm, it's
1: in separate places on the plate, but it, oh, is it good? Really? Yeah, it's delicious.
0: You don't go old school?
1: I can go old school, but I'm going to take them and do something uh, New up and a exciting. notch. Yeah, they uh-huh. can do old school at home, but I definitely—I um, was a theater kid. I was definitely a theater kid. I was—I wanted to. I knew sports bored me immediately. Right. Um, and that's tough in a town like again, it's a lighthouse town. It's like one of those little seaside, sleepy places next to the Salem, which is like your Red Sox or your dead.
0: Sox. So you what? Like mostly uh, Irish,
1: Irish, Italian, Greek.
0: Mm. greeks yep. yep lots of greeks good diners
1: great diners great pizza yeah. great and great kebabs you get yourself a chicken kebab. you get a chicken kebab
0: <laughs> i don't think they're great at pizza
1: it's a different style of pizza is it i love it bad no how dare you
0: what are you talking about what may what they it's tell me got that. a
1: crispiness from the from the edge of the crust that goes all the way over the pizza i can't explain it go to marblehead house of pizza go to salem house of pizza <laughs> All right. Audio Well,
0: that sounds like a good thing. And you can't
1: get a slice. No, No. it's not thin, but it's not thick. It's not like a a Chicago bullshit. Right. It's not super skinny. That's Italian pizza.
0: But I always found the Greek pizza a little heavy, like a little flowery. Well, that doesn't mean it's not delicious
1: to some of us.
0: No, I know that. Pizza is a very uh, subjective thing.
1: I couldn't agree more. But I I like a good Greek pizza because you really can't get it anywhere else but the Boston area. Yeah,
0: I I know. But usually you get it because you can't get Italian.
1: Okay. You for you that's the case, that is the case for you. You tell
0: me that you had good Italian pizza around, and you went for the Greek.
1: Okay, I, again, and seriously, I happen to enjoy a delicious Greek pizza. Right, fine. I'm not going to argue with you about pizza. Like I we argue. just moved to fucking Los Angeles. <laughs> oh my no. God, you can't get good pizza here. You can't no. really. Can, that's you? okay. Are you an actor? You're writer. Go back to New York. We have plenty of those. <laughs> We're good. We're full. We're so, full.
0: I I've uh, I don't eat a lot of pizza. You know, but I'm very picky about when I do eat it. Like, I never eat it because I'm a fucking weirdo you know, about weight. You're very, but
1: very slim right now.
0: I know. Too slim.
1: Is there such a thing?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't either. I just watched myself in Glow. <laughs> so i so fat right now. I watched now. the first two episodes in Glow of Glow. <laughs> yeah. The new season. And yeah. I lost all this weight between seasons. Do you get to
1: watch them before the rest of us?
0: Well, I actually got... The reason I got to watch these was because oh, of cause this show. Oh, because you did an ADR.
1: Oh, because of this
0: you know, I get you know I have access to oh. Netflix screeners, press screeners, Very nice. and they just stuck the first two up there, and I'm I, I'm a little thin. Yeah, I but, mean, you, I, I, but I was. You ha-
1: are you happy with your work, Mark?
0: I, I was. I was like, I, I would.
1: <laughs> is it weird? I that, felt
0: so good to be so thin, but I think I read a little thin. Can
1: I ask you something? You've what? probably been asked a million times. Yeah. Is it weird that people tell you your this is like your role, like this is so you when you did a show that was you? <laughs> you're it, more you on glow right that's mm, what people say
0: oh then then my own show sam is more you well he's got no i think sam is not neurotic so and he's not self-reflective so i don't think that it's exactly like me i think he's he's uh you know the heart's there and the the nastiness is there but not a lot of self-reflection Great which is show. completely different than me i am a fan thank you so much
1: you're so welcome
0: Okay, so you're in Swampscott. You're, you're you're checking out Godspell records. You're doing theater in high school.
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Whatever, oh, like whatever they had. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It was a small theater program, but yeah.
0: You you, you have Jewish Jewish boyfriends?
1: No, Mm-mm, not Jewish boyfriends. Never. Not in high school. Hmm. Nope.
0: It's just Irish kids, Greeks, or Italians.
1: Yeah, some of those. <laughs> some of those. High school was okay. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, high school was was fine. You were popular. I, ha- I wasn't popular. But I did have a nice, you know, did you see Booksmart? Mm-hmm. It's sort of obviously that's an incredibly uh, modern take on being a teenager mm-hmm. and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought one thing I did kind of get was that by the time you're a senior, kids, at least in my experience, they were kind of nice to each other. It wasn't. There wasn't. You this made it
0: through, because yeah, every, everyone was once again scared of the next thing. No, very ever, much so. Right, everyone got vulnerable. Yeah, again. it
1: felt like it was the yeah. uh, antidote to the John Hughesian kind of, yeah. you know, complete click click rate laden yeah, high school. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have that, so I, we had a nice class. And then I went to BU. I hated BU. I went to BU. I, I know you did. I hated it. It was not for me. I, I, I that was when you I first realized years? I was very depressed. Yeah, and I should have. Where'd
0: you live? Warren Towers? I
1: didn't live in Warren. I should have lived in Warren. I lived in Claflin, West Campus.
0: Oh, West Campus is weird.
1: It's all weird. It's It's, all jocks. It felt felt almost Soviet. I I I was given a Floridian (laughs) roommate who used the N-word within like 10 minutes of me. I was Uh, like, who uses that? Even now, it's the 90s. What? And then she was asking for grits. I remember at the really yeah, it was very so it was like
0: you landed on another planet. You like, how's this possible? It
1: was very odd. I I, I just didn't. That's um, weird.
0: West Campus was this weird place. It was right by the stadium, and there was like those three buildings, right or something, up there. Yeah,
1: I I um, it was super weird. I just it was the wrong school for me. I don't think I understood at the time what one should try but, to get out of a college experience. With, who does? Well, You're supposed I, to do
0: whatever the fuck you want to do. I
1: agree with you, but I also think that we're much more communicative in this generation with our children, or at least in the generations in between, about explaining like just that. How I mean, old to me, kids nine and eleven.
0: Oh, so they they're thinking humans.
1: Yeah, they're they're they have opinions. Yeah. It's really annoying. It's much easier when they're babies, I think.
0: So what did you so you got there study what did you uh were you gonna do I, communications? I went or something? for
1: theater and then oh, you w- did. school for the arts, yeah.
0: Oh you were at school for the arts. For, so you got in there. For, you auditioned, auditioned. for I auditioned
1: it. and I got in and, and within twenty four hours I had transferred out after getting in there.
0: It was a pretty good program by then, though. It might
1: have been. But I thought, in my mind at the time, I had my parents very, like, practical headspace going, oh. you can't go and ride around on a floor reading. But
0: but fl- they let you do it. They they just assume you would I don't.
1: Yeah, they were very, it's funny, they were very permissive in the actions, mm. but they were very specific in their thoughts. So everything was like, I mean, you can do it. Right. <laughs> And I was like, "Well, that doesn't inspire a tremendous amount of confidence." The so like, you can if you want. Yeah, yeah. It's the okay, worst. what's you, the you, plan? Do you want me to say no? Yeah, exactly. That's what I used to get. Oh, exact, exactly. The worst. So it was this. It was a. Co- it was like it just ruins your enjoyment potential, full optimized well, you, well, enjoyment. Yeah, because
0: it's like can't you just say what you're thinking so I can fight it? What do you What do you got to? <sighs> yeah. you know, you know, clearly show that you're 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 well, we, you're okay with it, but you don't approve of it. But you're gonna let me decide. Can't you just fucking decide?
1: My parents were a little bit older. I mean, we. My parents are the same age as your parents now. And now, right. yeah. And so that's ten year difference. And so they were, they didn't. I think I was like an alien to them. I think they were very confused. I think they were raising a kid in a place where they weren't familiar with how kids are raised because they were both raised amongst all their cousins in these slightly urban areas. And like-
0: aliens a are nice way it's better than being a, a sort of weird intrusion or annoyance. No,
1: I felt like that too yeah that's
0: right that's what, <laughs> what uh, my my parents were young and there was a time of transition oh. and they were self involved and you know it was just sort of like' we're, we're here, we're still in the house right? i know.
1: I mean that's the thing' it's like I think mine had that too, yeah. You know, and I was just sort of, I think, I don't think they expected me to be as much work as I probably was. Well, how
0: do you, how does that translate to how you parent?
1: Oh, I'm trying to change that blueprint a lot. I mean, listen, you change your blueprint if you're raising them in a completely different geographical place to begin with. Right. But then once you've been through a lot of therapy, you also, I'm trying to parent in the way that I would have wanted to be parented. How's I really it, am. Is
0: it working? Do you it, think there? I
1: mean, my son was kicked out of two preschools, so- <laughs> So- yeah. I don't know. Um, what did he do? Bit. He
0: He was, bit? he was a
1: biter. <laughs> and I know, and everyone's like, he's just like you. I know. And my daughter, my daughter's just like John. I don't think you can
0: hide the thing from him.
1: Mm. I don't think there's a lot I can hide from them, but I've tried to, there are moments where I'm caught with what is an instinct in what I will say to them, and I will catch myself and go, well, what would I want Do you here? want me to say a gra- no? A great, Do exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I'll give you a good example. My daughter-
0: Yeah. My she's daughter, 11?
1: She's 11. She is a, a, a terrific kid. Yeah. She is. She's a nice kid. Yeah. Um, she loves musical theater. Yes, we have completely embedded that in her. But mm-hmm. she also took off with it, to That's be fair. better
0: than the hair. Yeah. Than the oh, shoes. better the box of
1: hair? Yeah, yeah. I didn't give her the box of hair yet. The <laughs> give, bo- oh, the box, the pile of hair. The pile hair of pile. hair. pile. Yeah. Hair pile's coming. She'll pile get by but She'll learn about it before about Mitzvah. <laughs> but now, you know, she... Um, so I thought, okay, I'll take her to see Les Mis. She'll absolutely love it. mm So I said to her the other day, I'm like, hey, I can get last-minute tickets to see Les Miserables. We should go. And her face just kind of screwed up like, I'm having a sleepover tonight. (laughs) And I thought to myself can have a fucking sleepover any goddamn day of the week i'm about to take you to a nice musical like this will be a moment for mother daughter but i know that my mother would be like okay like (laughs) she's. i mean go be with your friends like it made me feel terrible about being an 11 year old who wants to be with her fucking friends so i really did take a deep breath and go i get it you know what that's cool of course, I truly want to fucking stab her and be like, right. "I'm gonna take you to the theater, bitch." Then
0: you go to the other room, like, "What the fuck do I do with these?" Very tickets? much so, you...
1: <laughs> but that's a small example. But like, I am trying to. I mean, that's a real trivial example, but you... but
0: uh, I mean, it must be hard because I don't have kids and I'm not unhappy about it. I Understand? But um, but that idea because my brother has a tremendously you know difficult time communicating with his like 17 year old now, and it's sure. just it's to the point where it's sort of like I don't know what to say to him. It's like. Maybe just try to be supportive or whatever. Or don't like, say anything. He's yeah, going to work like, it out. I like, can't talk to him. You know, I can't. Like they, he likes things I don't understand. Uh, but it's like no. But that's the thing. It's like they're they're not they're your friends to a degree. Correct. But you can't be hurt yeah. in the same way that you're hurt by a friend who disappoints you.
1: Well, the other thing, right? a hundred percent. And and you can't. You have to remind them periodically that you're not their big big older friend you' you're, <laughs> you're, you're they they're in charge of their safety and well-being and also education, education yeah. things like that I mean for me I think it's also been w- wanting to be a cool parent that's a respected parent right. you know I mean look we all want that we all want that balance I, I'm trying I try to keep up with what they're listening to and watching and that but, but that's also the immaturity of being in this business I happen to know who, some of the artists yeah. and things that they listen to are my parents didn't.
0: Well, it's, uh, but I just think being attentive on some level, just e- even with your age, is there there's a, this weird generational thing. I just read this book about this sort of like the army of unfuckable hate nerds that, you know, that oh, just
1: the, the celeb. What are they called? The the. There's celibate. a lot of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The end cells, but ent there's cells. other ones. But there's a whole. But like, these are people whose parents are like, I don't know. He's in his room on his computer. Yeah, ending the world. Yeah. And learning, you know, things that they shouldn't know. No. And, and putting to, together a value no. system that's completely morally bankrupt. You know, bankrupt. How we parent?
1: I, I try things like that that I know are fucking useless and nutritional, educationally vapid, yeah. ridiculous. That shit, I try to scare them. I, I use the AIDS on the, you can get AIDS from a toilet seat metaphor. Oh. I know you can't get AIDS from a toilet seat. Right. But when, when I was growing up, I was yeah. told you could get AIDS from a toilet seat. By who? Oh, America, if oh. I remember correctly, and my parents, and everybody. That was on the TV. For a it was minute. like, you can get AIDS from a toilet seat. you uh, would be careful with the toilet seat. Now, within months, that was debunked and I'm we sure. knew you couldn't get it. Unless There's, you put
0: the toilet seat in your ass.
1: A hundred percent. Fuck the toilet seat. <laughs> An- Italy, fuck the toilet seat and that has, has, to has to have the AIDS virus. <laughs> it's got to go get a blood test first, <laughs> so the toilet seat. I, in my mind, yeah. when I hear AIDS, I think, you can get AIDS from a toilet. No, you can't. Right. But it just sort of like is in there. I'm trying to scare uh, the shit. In. I tell my children, anything you put in type on, in a, on a screen could be on a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. That's your diary. Every time you type something, every picture you take, if you don't want it on a billboard for everybody to see... Don't take it. Don't write it. But what don't about the it. other
0: thing, which is like everything you see is going to—it might lodge in your head, and it might be incorrect. Yep. And you might not be able to get rid of it, and you're right. going to have to process it somehow.
1: But it will scare them from believing that the things that they see on screens are, are law, and and that that is how the world works. Oh. I, I just want them to have a seed of doubt about every single thing That's that good. they're seeing, That's because good. if they don't, then they are ruled by Snapchat eventually. I mean, there's a lost and generation. Clickbait. I agree. Yeah. I think I'm lucky because my kids are just young enough that we really saw how horrible the YouTube complete, fat, complete absorption well, by Well, makes YouTube. them
0: all these front brain people that don't go deep and don't 100%. process They don't anything. read they, anymore. There's like, an entire
1: generation that's just, they don't read at all, at all. That's too They just don't. My kid won't read. He doesn't like reading. Hmm. Okay, well, or did you think about maybe taking away the iPad just for a little bit? Because then they might, they might actually... I mean, listen, my kids... Uh, don't necessarily sit down and like i'm going to read a beautiful novel this yeah. afternoon Shh, be- mom you go nap yeah you know i mean it's not that but, but and they're not luddites they have ipad they have all that shit but i like to decrease the enjoyment a little bit by saying it's dangerous and it'll give you aids
0: yeah <laughs> you get aids from looking at it <laughs> so what happened so you go to the fine arts and what freaked you out
1: that was my parents in my head. But like,
0: did you go one day? How does one day? I mean, a...
1: I went to. I think it was a summer orientation, and it was within the summer orientation. I thought. Oh, so
0: before you even started. Correct. And then you switched. And to? And then I switched
1: to liberal arts, and within six months, I was at communications. Over I thought, there, yeah. Yeah, I thought, up. well, I'll waste time over here instead. Yeah. The truth is, is I shouldn't. I should have taken a gap year. I should have gone to a smaller school. I should have.
0: You just got lost, and you got, got depressed, lost, and, lost you and ate depressed. a lot. Uh, didn't. Or would eat you go the other way?
1: Mm, no so I guess just, I ate probably I've never been it's always been right down the line of a little too many pounds but not enough to worry about
0: oh but you didn't how'd you How you come unhinged then you just what
1: a lo- acute loneliness uh, and a lot of alone time I, I have this like I, I just don't look back there were lost years I don't know what I was doing um, I did wind up finding the improv group which I enjoyed at BU at BU Really? And I, there, I don't re- think
0: there was one when I was there.
1: It wasn't it wasn't called spontaneous combustion. No, that, I was in
0: stage troop.
1: I, oh, I did stage troop too. Yeah. I did do stage troop and I liked those people a lot.
0: It was nice cuz it wasn't so much pressure and Correct. everybody was sort of like into it and they did like what two shows a year or yep. something. I wound
1: and, up doing stage troop and I liked that. Um yeah. but I but those things I then I was confused cuz I thought I'm enjoying these extracurriculars and I'm not into my classes and and also I was I was at the film school. I think the year after I graduated was when they brought in the avids. So it was like I was scotch taping, chunking the fi- film, like making a Bolex film. Did you take
0: any classes with John Kelly?
1: Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <He> was <laughs> odd, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> From what I remember. Yeah. I used to get high and go to the classes and watch movies and-
0: I took like the, like, because I minored in film criticism, so I was just doing those classes where I'd go watch- Oh, yeah. The history of film class. Sure, I did those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were great seeing these- They moment. were
1: wonderful. And and they were really fun, but I also, then I still had that voice in the top of my head, oh, so you moved from- You moved yeah. from rolling yeah. around on the floor- <laughs> Yeah. Reciting, to, you know, Pinter- To watching movies. To watching movies. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, you've managed to make it even more lazy education. So then I felt guilty- and then I was just confused. I thought, am I supposed to... I truly didn't have the answers, and I didn't know who to ask the questions to. Am I supposed to be learning a vocation, or am I supposed to be filling my head with philosophies? I, I'm confused. I just didn't have a path, and I felt stupid asking questions. I,
0: I don't think I did either, but I was so excited to be able to... Like, I was, I got you also were coming
1: from Arizona, which was exciting. New Mexico.
0: And, but, I, you know, but I always got very close to my East Coast relatives. I wasn't like in some outback. You know. I understand.
1: Know? I look back at it all and think I sh- there were other options that would have been better. I just didn't know what they were. Yeah, but
0: look, but you did it. You learned how to tape film yes, together. Yes, I and- learned how
1: to scotch tape the chakoon. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, yeah. College was not my 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 but, high point. But the
0: improv thing is what blew your mind.
1: Yeah, and I thought, and then I would beat myself up thinking like, oh, you're just lazy. You don't want to memorize anything. I was a real I was very 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 depressed.
0: Yeah, but I but that that's sort of like I think that if anything is fundamentally Jewish, it's not guilt. Mm. It's the never good enough thing. For sure. That you know, it, it's not even it, it it doesn't even really manifest as ambition right. as much as it does just self criticism mm-hmm. and that no matter what you do it's just like not quite as good as it should be.
1: A hundred percent. I I was just never. It's just never. And also, you have to remember all those women that I mentioned, my Yenta Brigade. Right. That I'm bringing up again. Right. They were. They were my. They were my equals. Right. They were my. My constants, and they were going on to master's degrees, and they were going on to, they were all so bright and so academic and seemed so confident. And I was so confused. About what are
0: they all doing now?
1: They're all doing really, really well. And listen, I'm doing well too after a long time of soul searching and confusing routes. But but it was very interesting at the time because I just felt less than. I thought right. my friends across the way at Harvard, my friend is over oh, at Trinity, my yeah. friend is yeah. over at you know Brand or Tufts. Just, they all know what they're doing, and they all seem really okay with their path but and they by the knew way what they
0: were doing they knew what they that wanted. was
1: what it was i didn't want to do what they were doing yeah. but i wanted to know that what i was doing was the right thing i'd,
0: I'd rather be confused and sad at harvard than it be
1: exactly <laughs> 100 oh yeah yeah it was just like i i just i never felt like a square peg so what and happened it was so boring well after college yeah this is where it gets kind of interesting i thought all right well i still like performing i like doing improv so i auditioned for summer stock thinking, okay, I don't even, by the way, ask me to define summer stock. I'm not 100% sure what it is. I know that's theaters, and sometimes they run for the summer season or whatever, all over New England, right? So Williamstown, I guess, would be considered summer stock. Yeah, that was
0: a big one, right? Right,
1: and I'm thinking like, oh, I could get into, it. sure, why not? I mean, isn't you just go and audition? I auditioned at the New England Theater Conference auditions, which is a giant cattle call. I, I
0: did the same thing, but I went to Yale. I tried to get into Yale drama. How'd that
1: go? Terrible. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's so a really good school. Yeah, why don't you go to Yale, Mark? It's the best school. Jamie, why don't you do Williamstown? That's a good idea. Yeah, I should do so, Williamstown. so unprepared. Why don't we go do Saturday Night Live? Yeah. We I do know. what they do. I
0: try to do that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I wound up auditioning. I was terrible, by yeah. the way. All these graduates from the school for the arts—they
0: show up with their headshots. Oh
1: my like, god, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they have headshots. They had.
0: And you knew right there when you're waiting to audition, right? You're like, oh, what am
1: I? I was like, I don't know if this is 16 bar. How do you count a bar for a song for a thing? Classical, contemporary, mon- please. I was terrible. I got exactly so. There's a hundred theater oh, company do do that, representatives. I
0: know, but it's just like it's like we, we went there to hurt ourselves How- to
1: pain. I just want them to tell me to justify the pain inside. It's a human, it's cutting. It's you're, mental cutting. It's terrible. Great. Thank you so much. I knew it. I knew I was right. I love being right about how shitty I am. So they, um, I auditioned and I got a callback for something called the Sterling Renaissance Festival. Uh-huh. But I thought it was Shakespeare in the Park. Right. This was before Google.
0: But you couldn't even do Shakespeare if you wanted to, right?
1: But why couldn't I? I mean, I could go to Williamstown. Of course I could do Shakespeare. Anybody Uh can just words. It's English words that you say out loud. So yeah, I could totally (laughs) do it. I got a call back and I thought, well, this is fun. They're having us improvise. So there must be an improvised element. Mm -hmm. It was a brochure. I didn't read the brochure. Right. And I got the job. And I thought, I am going away for the summer to do Shakespeare in the park. Yeah. So I borrowed my dad's car and I drove six hours north to Lake Ontario. It was outside of Oswego, and uh, I got there, and I realized that I was working at a Renaissance festival
0: that That's when you realized it, yeah. Mm.
1: I mean, i I sort of was like, oh, a Renaissance, it's like Shakespeare. And in, in my mind, it was like we're going to get up in the middle of right. the woods and do Shakespeare for a paying audience right. like that. And by the way, that is a very small element of it, yeah. but that is not what a Renaissance festival is. A Renaissance festival it, ha, do you, how familiar are you? Have you ever been?
0: I'm just in a sort of like distant, judgmental, condescending way. Where, Fair enough. You know, like I, I can picture it.
1: Sure. You, you know. think you think you can, but okay.
0: No, not in detail, but it's people that, you know, dress up. It's the Renaissance and you go act like you're in the Renaissance and there's, you know, beer maids and knights and things.
1: Correct. There's a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I also realized was that this was an entire new layer of humanity, of functional Sure, adult, like adults. a like fantasy world, and I was confused because I mean everybody was. I mean there were people who had kids, mm-hmm. and there were people who made this their life, and they were a bit nomadic, and they would travel to different. Festivals. Well, that's
0: funny because you and I are similar in that, like you, you know, there there are people, and I'm learning more about them now because of my uh, ignorance and judgment. Sure. that you, you know that that engage in you know can be, but usually isn't entirely a healthy fantasy. They they're into fantasy shit and they go dress up and they do it every you know, once a year. They feel more
1: themselves. There right. than back in you know the yeah. in the cubicle.
0: So so explain it to me. So the, these all these people with kids and
1: well they're people that work on the circuit and yeah. a lot of them have very specialized skills. Oh so
0: you're actually part of the, the 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 employees and then people come and
1: then there's also people that pay
0: to be there for the weekend or whatever.
1: Well they pay to be there for the day right or you can be there for a season. Renaissance okay. festivals run anywhere between. But is
0: there is there just an audience that shows up dressed up like the
1: whole audience sometimes does not dress up but people go for. The Day. It's okay. almost like a county fair, okay. but with a theme. Okay, And there are people that perform in very specialized ways. So you'll see comedy shows and vaudevillian type acts. You'll see clowning. You'll see old world clowning. You'll see sword swallowing and fire and all kinds of stuff that you don't necessarily see in that setting anywhere else huh. you know you see a lot of outdoor entertainment you see jousting uh-huh. you see really random stuff but there and then you see crafters and people who build and make and do this incredible right. specialized sword making it's and the
0: guy all. on an anvil somewhere Yes. hammering yes. some steel yes yes
1: yes and this is his job and he will take that his supply and go to another fair every couple of months
0: well some of those people now like since since uh, things have shifted to the more authentic they have you know permanent shops now
1: 100 percent. they yeah. had them then uh-huh. that's the thing is if you really want to get into the rent F- i mean the rent fair started as a hippie thing yeah it started in the 60s out in laurel canyon right spread throughout the country and just read about this and every fair is ultimately the, a lot they have their own set of rules so you've got very authentic fairs where you've got queen elizabeth and you've got very specific members of her court and you've got a real history mm history buffs paradise and then you've got ones that are very fantasy and very like anything goes and bring your sitar and dress like a stormtrooper and nobody cares and they've got the comic-con element and everything else and to a certain degree these fairs have to change with that because of the crossover um so
0: the 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 people from the renaissance has to have to indulge some Mm -hmm. uh you know contemporary combat people well it's kind of fun when
1: they indulge bill and ted or marty mcfly because that all makes sense so the star trek guys who are just on the holodeck
0: yeah but right. yes,
1: you know, it, people come to play. Yeah, that's to me was the biggest impression that I, I had when I got well, there. What was your job? My job was to help fill out the immersive interactive entertainment and improv at the fair. So I played different characters throughout the day, and I would do Shakespeare cuttings, and I would be the sheriff's daughter. What's and a one,
0: Shakespeare cutting?
1: Like we would do, we would do pieces, pieces, yeah. yeah. But it was not. Let's put it this way: wasn't Shakespeare in the Park? Right. And what I think I was struck by was it's
0: was more like one-on-one Shakespeare. Well, yeah, kind of, like,
1: a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you would you part of. What what your job was to was to make everyone feel so like you they just were walk part of up am- to a
0: crowd of people and Correct. start doing
1: I good sir wouldst thou give me a bit of change know you for I am most hungry <laughs> yes but here's what I also learned <laughs> as horrifying as that can be to s- certain people um, entertainment existing somewhere between what my understanding of being an entertainer was I, you were a movie star or you were a waitress Right. Right. In my, I mean, or right, you, or sure. you were a, a very specialized Trying. performer, a stand-up. Right. right. You were something that made sense. This was an area of entertainment, and it was lowbrow or lowbrow, low low cost, let's say, um, theme park entertainment, and that was something I just didn't understand was a job that people could have. And it was when I first realized, oh, I can do improv for a living. That's weird.
0: And that was what that looked like to you.
1: Well, at that time, yeah. And then I went from there to work at Disney World because there was crossover
0: how so like you met somebody they,
1: the artistic director of all the improv shows and the Im, Im, interactive improv at the renaissance but this Festival. is fantasy
0: interactive improv it's not you know like uh, you, you, it's not like um
1: it's a little like uh, colonial williamsburg but in a different era right
0: but you're not doing uh, long form heralds or no no, no 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 no
1: no 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 nope no, 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 not like that. And then the but the guy who art, was the artistic director also did all the direction for all the shows at Disney in Orlando.
0: For the Renaissance Fair.
1: Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would get all of his Disney guys to come up and audition all of us since we had this skill set now where we could do immersive improv and they would hire a bunch of street entertainers for Disney. Now, this was no, I wasn't Cinderella. This what, was different. Well, they would fill out the thematic areas in the park. So there was MGM Studios at the time down in Orlando. So
0: you moved to Orlando. I
1: moved to Orlando. For
0: the improv gig.
1: Correct. And that was something my parents could understand. Oh, she works at Disney. Yeah. (laughs) What does she do there? She works at Disney. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did uh, Interactive Streetmosphere. Streetmosphere.
0: Streetmosphere. Streetmosphere. So you were like.
1: I, uh, there were girls off the bus in Hollywood, and I was Wanda Rosenshine, the biggest little star in Hollywood. And we would fill out the streets like 1939. Huh. By the way, this was. Not the most effective show because people were really on their way to go see the Indiana Jones epic stunt spectacular and right. things like that. But we they would hire us. You were us. a little
0: confusing to the kids. I think we were confusing. The grown-ups were kind of like, no. this is Yeah, that's I get it. Like it's Hollywood, like 1939 like, yeah. Hollywood. Yeah.
1: And we would do these original characters. And then for the last part of time that I worked at Disney, I worked at the improv club. They had... They used to have Pleasure Island down in Orlando, which was like their nighttime entertainment complex, and they had a comedy club that did Whose Line Is It Anyway style improv shows. Oh, so that's
0: when you actually came full circle to doing those type of uh, interviews, that type of improv.
1: For a year, I worked.
0: Suggestion-based improv.
1: Suggestion-based short form improv. Wayne Brady is the goal kind of thing. So I would do three or four shows a night, or four or five shows a night, five nights a week. 40 minute shows. And if you sucked, you got back up again. And I learned how to work clean, which eventually went very quickly away when yeah. I went to New York. But um, it was uh, quite an education. Well, how many
0: years is between the Ren Fair and the uh, Disney experience? How many years was that? In I your moved
1: immediately. I did. Oh, I, I mean, was like, about four or five years total.
0: Wow. So that's, four that's, years. Four that's, years. that's a very unique sort of path.
1: It is weird. Because then eventually, after two years in Orlando, I thought, I'm 24 and I'm living in Orlando or 25. I got to get out and of here. And you're
0: working at a theme park which yeah. is like gets, it's a little bit of a head fucker it
1: isn't is it? it can be and what's interesting about it is there's so many talented performers that wind up landing there because they are done with the regional theater circuit they're done being chorus Maybe boys you, and girls have, on Broadway but
0: they get coverage and they get they insurance they get insurance, insurance and
1: they, they can buy houses they have decent schools they have a,
0: don't they have a, like a, a town they built down there Celebration that's yeah. a Disney town that's yeah. super
1: weird and it's mostly Disney employees that live there too yeah, It's weird. but the other thing that, sorry cast members um, the other thing that's interesting about uh, Orlando no. That out, <laughs> I just want to make sure that Disney doesn't come down and beam me dead from wherever they're watching. Me oh, so, from. oh,
0: really? Do you have a lifelong fear of uh, Disney? They're watch- taking-
1: Everybody's watching. Everybody. Nobody. Uh-huh. Ca- so nobody cares. Yeah.
0: The Disney um, police. The Disney police. Mm-hmm.
1: They um, Auschwitz yeah. was what they used to call it. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that was interesting is that you know they have an incredible theater fringe festival in Orlando because there are so many truly talented people that just do their nine to five gigs at the theme parks and make their overtime and make their health and everything else and then their their fringe festival is insane it's alternative and weird and fucked up and in Orlando yes yes some of the most talented people in the world I knew where's that documentary I'm telling you that's what it should be is it still there oh yeah they do it every year some of the best actors in the world down there Philip Nolan you'll never know his name outside of Orlando he is better than the best. Really? Yeah. But they, um, I moved from there to New York because I thought, I can't do this forever. For life. Yeah. And I had, did you know John Telfer in New York?
0: I think, I feel like I did, yeah.
1: So I had his phone number truly written on a piece of paper in my pocket and I called it the night I moved to New York. how do you know him? He knew someone who worked doing the improv club, directing the improv club in oh, at, at Orlando. Yeah. And he'd been back and forth a few times because it was a good short form gig for yeah. someone who does that. He said, Yeah, you should check out Chicago City Limits. That's where I used to work, the improv, short form improv place in New York. But there's this new company in town and they're sort of like really hot right now. You yeah. should go take classes with the Upright Citizens Brigade.
0: And this is what year?
1: 97. Okay. And so I went and started taking classes with Ian and Amy and the
0: original crew. Yep. Yeah. Matt and, and in Matt. the first space. hmm
1: In solo arts, yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, yeah. And so I felt very lucky. That was my co- Was that
0: the space with the, the old strip club space or that one was before across that? that was before that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah,
1: I mean I painted the green room in the old strip club space yeah but yeah, the one in solo arts was uh, up the rickety. It was oh, a fire right. fire right. trap, right. like and we used smoke in there. I mean, there's yeah. just it it's, it's a death trap if it's. I happens. love
0: that sort of like the 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 beginnings of it and how it sort of spread out and have this major influence on show business because I rem- I was there, like I don't think I went to the solo arts maybe once, but I remember when they moved to the other space.
1: well, and they used to do the eating they used to do eating it all the time, yeah. So I remember seeing... No, them. I
0: used to see them there, yeah. And there was, like, tension because I was such right. a weird stand-up thing, man. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. No, but I remember... I mean, it was a magical... That was more my collegiate experience was being there at the beginning, you know, with all those... All the guys yeah. that you've known from that community. Right. You know, I mean, we were all on teams together. So
0: you joined up with them. So you, what was? how did that take shape? You, you were taking Just classes? I took the
1: classes. And then but at that time, there were so few it was like the the tipping point right it was right. under 100 people so everybody knew each other's name yeah we all were on teams together and we all were performing regularly and you could get up on any day of the week and I was doing shows five nights a week and
0: doing the improvs the yeah. heralds yeah but or, or, I was
1: but I was still Miss Piggy-ish. thank you, Julie Klausner, at that time. Who who
0: were the guys that were like there? Everybody.
1: The- Rob Riggle, Paul Scheer, Rob Hubel, Cordry, Seth Morris, Brian Husky, uh, Ed Helms. I remember doing stand up and then coming by and I I was all those guys. Oh, and then a wild? lot of the women that have uh struggled twice as hard for half as much. Um uh, myself, Donna Furman, Donna uh Daniel Schneider Jessica St. Clair, Lennon Parham, Julie Brister, Betsy Stover,
0: and that's where you met your husband.
1: Yeah, we were friends for a long time. We met in Amy's Level Two. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: So from there, then you stayed in New York, and then wh-
1: I was in New York for about five and a half years, and then I was getting. Did, were you
0: teaching by that point? Yep,
1: mm-hmm. I mm. was teaching, and I was getting work in L.A. You know, I got up, my first pilot was the Wayne Brady Show, one of the one of the inc- in iterations yeah. of the Wayne Brady Show, and then I wound up. The best thing, I got a job, my first real pilot, uh, outside of that, was I played Dave Foley's wife in this show called What's Up Peter Fuddy, and it was John Laroquette and Dave Foley and Dave Keckner and Arden Marine, and wow. yeah, it was a big deal, I was so excited. Didn't go? No, no,
0: no. What's the first thing that went, that you were on, that where you're like, I have a job in show business? God,
1: was it happy hour? Um, it might have been A show called Happy Hour We shot 13 And 4 aired I think Yeah I became a career What's guest Terriers on. Oh Terriers was a great show People love that show It's with Donald Logue
0: Yeah And
1: Michael Raymond James And I was the Pregnant lawyer And uh, that was fun Because that's a cool show yeah. That was a cool show That everybody was mad But that go. wasn't the first one Mm-mm now happy hour
0: happy hour but that, they don't even have the that happy hour listed.
1: wanted to be friends yeah oh. but it wasn't it didn't make it just, no it did, just somehow didn't f- didn't feel that but did you move field. out here
0: on happy hour
1: no i moved out here when i was almost 30 uh-huh. and um or or when i was 30 and i just was like it was time i was just i was i thought gotta go yeah, yeah. and
0: did you get married when you got out here
1: Mm-hmm. A couple mm. years after it came out. Yeah, here.
0: because like I'm looking at this and it's like, yeah, you, you you know, you just you do show up on just about everything. Yeah,
1: one episode of everything.
0: And mm. then you did, but the Rona and Rona
1: and Beverly, yeah, Rana that kind of
0: Beverly. like you kind of ran with that for a while. You had your own show, you had the years, podcast, and you did years. it. Did you do a movie?
1: We didn't, but we would. What we would do is we would get cast as a duo in other things. So Paul Feig, who directed our original pilot with Genji Cohen producing back in. 10 years ago now. Right. Um, For
0: for a Ron and Bev mm -hmm. show. For
1: a Ron and Beverly show for Showtime. Yeah. That that was a heartbreaker. I thought that was going to go. I mean, that was. Because you guys
0: really did that thing a lot.
1: We did. You know, uh, people really responded to it. It's huge in the gay community, huge in the Jewish community, huge in the people who like comedy community. You could tour Um,
0: at Jewish community centers.
1: Go fuck yourself. Okay, go ahead. Um, we um
0: You never did one Jewish community center gig with
1: that? We did one temple and it was okay. we bombed because it was basically performing for the exact same fucking people that were on stage. And they were like, Why what I don't understand. Yeah, what, what is funny want... about that? I say that all the time. <laughs> Terrible. Um, no we um <laughs> We listen. We were selling out the Bell House. We, I mean, we were, we were. Are being
0: condescending? You can be. No, I did a one-man show called Jerusalem Syndrome, and I had an agent at the time that tried to book me at Jewish community centers, and it was too heavy. I remember
1: when you were doing it
0: at the Westbeth. Yeah.
1: Um. But you know, it was um. It was an interesting path. That sort of happened by accident. That show. And it was almost too easy. Mm. I felt like we were just kind of riffing on being our parents and our mothers and all their communities. And I realized at the time, oh, I guess it's resonating and maybe it doesn't have to be a struggle. It's coming very easily to me.
0: Why not? People are liking it.
1: They liked it. Yeah. And um, we were also early in on the podcasting thing. Sure. You know, so I mean, whenever we were here with you, that was like the first year of our podcast. Right. I think it was 2011 or Mm. something like that. So we were the first acquisition from Earwolf, that yeah. where they just picked something else up. Thank right. you, thank you, Coolup, and um, we it, it became popular because of that, which was great. Yeah, and then you know, twelve years, it's a good run.
0: What's Jessica doing?
1: She's on a show. She's on Abby's for NBC. Oh, good. You know, we creatively, I think, went in different places. Friends. Yeah.
0: So this new thing, which they didn't send me a screener of.
1: Oh, they didn't? Mm-hmm. I'll give you the screener.
0: I know enough about it to know that it draws extensively from your runfair experience. Yes, it
1: does. Finally
0: comes around.
1: Well, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, I like I said it was it was I always felt as much as I loved the UCB community back in those beginning days and really felt like I finally had that collegiate experience that right. I never got. I still felt like there's a part of me that is so earnest and weird, and attached to the fucking Renaissance Festival, and attached to Disney, and attached to being a Miss Piggy that didn't not fucking fit in.
0: But I just, I but I love the fact that you, you know it gives you the, the experience of people that come up in the improv system. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's almost like a, a, a trade school. You yes. Know? So you know, by doing what you did and throwing yourself into this weirdo land, and mm-hmm. then kind of like you know, seeing it as a, a practical uh, career, and then you go to the big time, which is Disney, and you realize the limitation of that, and that, y- you know, that's where you kind of formulate the idea that you could be part of, you know, proper show business.
1: I really took an unconventional path. <laughs> yeah,
0: not that Disney theme park work is not proper show no, business. No, it is, but, but you, it's
1: not what... It's not, limitations. It's are, uh, very much so. Yeah. And it is where, like I said, a lot of talented people go to... to just live and exist and do their job and have security right and that when you say start saying security in show business that is the limitation you know
0: right but you know everybody starts saying that at a certain age and it gets kind of scary if Absolutely. you've dedicated your life to something and it's been a, a sort of like a ongoing you know up and down disappointment constant that, the fact that it still you, is. you well usually what happens is you get down to a certain line it's like i don't have another skill set
1: a hundred percent. And I've been saying that for a really long time now, so I'm no really wedged in. No plan B. Yeah. This is plan B.
0: So what, what, what was the uh, birth of this idea?
1: Well, it's a story that I've clearly wanted to tell for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, I, ever since I went there, I thought I'm- American princess, American princess for a lifetime. And it's um, the story of a Jewish American, like my husband says, the Jewish is silent. Yeah. So Jewish American princess runs away to the Renaissance Festival. And again, like I- I, I always thought of myself as Private Benjamin at the Renaissance Festival. To me, it was like, I don't belong here. I'm the only Rennie with Israeli savings bonds supplementing my income. Like, this doesn't make any sense. You got that many
0: You bought mitzvah? Oh, yeah. They were worth that much? At
1: that time, I wow. wasn't allowed to touch them, Mark.
0: I know. I, I found mine later, and they didn't, they didn't accrue much.
1: Well, listen, I don't know how you much more right. I could get than like a couple hundred, but I was right. like, to me, that was something. Yeah. But I was definitely like, I don't fit. There's no Jews here. Like, this is just not, this is... This is right. not where normal people go. Sure. And so I loved it, but I loved it. And so it's a story I I did a one-person show about. It. I have some screenplay somewhere that's 150 pages, Christopher Guest style. It's just a story I always wanted to tell. And when I had the opportunity to start taking- Fish
0: out of water at the Renaissance yes, Festival. Yes. And it's a Jewish fish. Northern who, exposure. Uh, it was an yes. entitled Jewish
1: yes, fish. Yes, entitled Jewish fish who was supposed to go to college and get a master's right. and a husband and uh-huh. everything else, like all of my Yenta Brigade. Yeah. So I wind up- um, at the Ren Fair, and and I, it's a story. Anyway, I wound up taking Genji to the Renaissance Festival a few times, more than a few times over the years, and she loved it. And I think she always knew I wanted to do something with it. She wound up having the opportunity. A couple years into Orange, she gets the opportunity to pitch it to pitch something to the History Channel. Yeah, she calls me and you want to pitch the Ren Fair thing, and yeah. I'm like, whatever the Ren Fair thing is, sure, I'll come pitch it. <laughs> They pass on it, but right. they're like, oh, funny, not for us." Great. Yeah. A year later, the executive at the History Channel moves over to Lifetime. Yeah. Calls Genji and Tara and says, "I think this might be the right place for that show that you came in with."
0: And this—that's so it's been kicking around for years.
1: Yeah. Yep, and
0: Genji's producing?
1: Yeah, Genji's producing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, look at we're connected. We oh my are. god, it's like Barbara Walters. Kind of. It's kinda like that much. Yeah,
0: genetic show business genetically connected. Isn't that
1: wonderful? We both have the same godmother. Yeah.
0: I love Genji. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. And and so So you, that's how the show happened. And did she like but you did did you once you pitched it, did you have it on paper? I mean, did you have a show? Yeah. So, are you just? Are you? What are you doing? Did, are you going to be a I'm,
1: I'm the showrunner.
0: You're the showrunner. You're not going to be in it.
1: I maybe do a cameo, right? But no, I, I'm no, I'm no longer in front of the camera unless someone invites me to do it, and I don't have to go through any kind of audition process. In and general, prefer- preferably, I'd like to be a prisoner or a patient, so I can lie down or be in pajamas. So
0: you're not do you don't do any on camera work anymore? No, really? Yeah, you retired from on camera work
1: there's someone better than me for everything I've ever auditioned for. I really believe that. This not this isn't a, oh, I hate oh, come myself.
0: On. No, I'm serious. You just did Andrea's show. That wasn't that long ago. So that was you retired. two years ago. So you retired since then? That, yeah. All right. Okay.
1: But since I started show running? Yeah, who has time to fucking audition? No,
0: I get it. Okay, right.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I prefer to- Since you to...
0: started doing American Princess. Correct. Okay, Correct. got it. I'm an executive producer. Got it.
1: I much prefer to be on this side. I like being a writer. I like running a writer's room. Yeah. I like making decisions. I like making them quickly and efficiently. Who plays the lead? Her name's Georgia Flood. Uh huh. She's wonderful. She is, uh, I mean, it's a hard role to fill. We were looking for a young Goldie Hawn. Not well, a young me, a young Goldie Hawn.
0: So, what was the uh, one liner pitch? So, what, what is it? I Private mean,
1: Benjamin at the Renaissance Festival. So but it she, was. It was an Upper East Side socialite. Okay. Her wedding goes off the rails. Again, so she's that's 20? A, she's 25. Okay. 26. Uh huh. Um, wedding goes off the rails, winds up by mistake at a Renaissance Festival, stays there to get her shit together, and maybe stays longer. Who knows? Hmm. But she, um, yeah, it was it was a tough role to cast. You it sounds know? like a unique show. It is a unique show. Mm-hmm. But people constantly are like, "Where'd you get the idea? It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. How can they never have done it?" My life. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, my life. I mean, not the wedding part, obviously. Yeah. But we needed something dramatic to kick her off to get there. But the best part is, is she wanders in and thinks it's just a theme wedding. Right. So it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes sense. And how many sense.
0: episodes did you shoot? Ten. And it's going to be on Lifetime now. I imagine we're putting this up in relation yes, to... Yes, Sunday
1: nights. Sunday nights uh, in June and on demand, I guess.
0: But you can't. That's good. So I I like uh, shows that go up weekly as opposed to all at once. Well, it you keeps get it in all. the
1: conversation a little bit longer. Well, yeah.
0: But you can look forward to something. Streaming's like just ruining people. They're turning into like sleepless weirdos who uh, you know watch yeah. everything all at once and then have to sit around for a year.
1: Yeah, you gobble. You just gobble it and swallow it, and then it's kind of over. And then and you got to wait a
0: year at least. Yeah. If it
1: comes back. Well, it's heroin. I mean, it's like I need a fix. I need a new show. I need a new show. I need a new show. I mean, and they don't come that fast. I think I mean, that I, w-
0: I think they wish it was like that. You, I, it, it seems to me that the sad part about it is like I still like you know like I find that it, knowing John Oliver is going to be on once a I agree week, with you. I can sit down yes. and do the thing,
1: an appointment, and even yeah, my kids right. n- have a sense of that yeah. because they'll sit down and be like, "Oh, we're watching." Well, with us, it's RuPaul's Drag Race, but right, you know.
0: But like, for like, at some point, you know, I like knowing that like if I want to watch. Um, What's the one? Uh, what, what what the West one?
1: Oh, Westworld. What? Not Westworld.
0: The I other one. I love Westworld.
1: Uh, the one. Deadwood.
0: That, yeah. If I want to watch Deadwood. <laughs> Is Westworld, a, is
1: Westworld Deadwood for girls?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know what either of them are. I've seen bits and pieces of them. Okay. You know, and I, but that's like, if, you're
1: never going to know what Westworld is about just from watching bits and pieces.
0: No, I know. I'm not going to know what any of them are Ugh. about. But like, if I want to, I can stream it then. Yes, like you that's can. that's what streaming is for. It's like I miss that when it happened. I agree. I have uh, I have a year.
1: I agree. I don't know why. I think Hulu's got the right model because they'll drop like. Three episodes of The Handmaid's Tale And then only do it every other week So you're really hooked in Like they've got the happy medium I wish that they were all doing that
0: I think think it'll come back to that I think it will Yeah because eventually Netflix is just gonna tap everybody out There's just gonna be so many shows That are just gonna fall through the cracks There's already so
1: many shows You drive by that soundstage Like on Gower Where they've got a giant poster Of all their shows are written out And it's just It hurts me Yeah It just makes my head hurt Yeah It's a lot
0: I can't. Like, I sit there. I don't. Not yet. that
1: I don't want uh, Netflix to pick up American Princess. Right. Well, I best.
0: watch it. I turn. I put. I go to the homepage of Netflix. And I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a lot of homework.
0: <laughs> I just. I. I finally just because I have a little more space now, like I was like, I'll watch just a couple documentaries. I'm gonna be that guy and watch a documentary.
1: I love a documentary. Did you
0: watch that fucking John Lennon thing
1: they have no. up now? No. Oh my god. Is it amazing? It's great. I watched like I was. I had the flu this year and I watched. Icarus and the Amy Winehouse one and I watched the uh Nina Simone and I wa- I, I love a good That was doc. good.
0: This one is like there's just so much of him just being John that you've never seen before and I'm just sitting there I'm like crying and I'm like oh. I and I I, I I I you realize like I love that guy. And you know and it's just to see him. I understand. And I never saw that much of him ever. That's
1: how I felt too with was it was at the Robin
0: Oh, yeah, just to, like, all of, the, all of a sudden it's like, where was this footage when, but it's better now.
1: Yeah, of course it is.
0: Well, look, you feel good? I feel good. Okay.
1: Do you feel you good? You got a
0: temple on holidays?
1: No. Okay. We watch Fiddle on the Roof start to finish on every Yom Kippur.
0: And when the kid gets older, show up.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the hair pile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good luck with the show. Hey. I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm sorry I didn't have a screener, but I think we got it. And, um... Say hi to your husband. Thanks, Mark. Tell him not to be afraid of me. I will.
1: It's going to be a rough one. Okay, bye. Okay, Jamie Dembo.
0: That was fun, right? I like it. Engaging. Kind of like intense. She's intense. That's the word I was looking for before. Uh, The new show, American Princess, is airing on Lifetime. New episode, Sunday nights. Let's ease out. With some nice guitar sounds.